in everything that he does. You know, I was a, <clears throat> I was an old boy and then I became a man. And I can tell you about Je how Jesus did that in my life. I was a, I was a terrible person. And then I, and now I'm an incredible father. And I can tell you about that transformation. You know, I've always been a, I've always been a good friend, but now I'm, I'm an even better friend. I can tell you about that. I used to think that I was, a, that it was about being a Christian and now I understand that it's about being a son. And I can tell you the difference in that. I used to blow every single penny that I, that I got as soon as I could spend it. And now I save money and you can just hold money for a really long time. And like, I remember, you know, the first time I sat on a hundred dollar bill in my pocket for like three or four months. And I was just like, this is Jesus. The oh, there's no way I would have spent it just so I could show people that I had it and that I could spend it. You know, like I would have just, just, to, I would have spent it just to show off. And now I can just sit on it. That's a testimony about Jesus. You know, my parents, until I was in my mid twenties, they still had to take care of me because I was just completely irresponsible. And now my parents are living in my house and I'm taking care of them. That's a testimony. And there's just no end to it. I don't cuss anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't make jokes about women. I don't degrade women anymore, which, you know, men are, or men are trained to do that in this culture. And so are women. Women are also trained to degrade women and men. Um, I used to be unso so ungrateful. I was so ungrateful and so entitled. And just this week, you know, just a couple of times this week, I've sat and looked at my son and, and our new daughter and just cried, literally just cried because of gratefulness, just so grateful. And I tell you, I realized in those moments too, whenever I was crying, that I wasn't thinking about lack when I was just overcome with gratefulness for what God had done. I wasn't thinking about unpaid bills. I wasn't thinking about where we were going to live next or I wasn't thinking about anything that I'm uncomfortable about in my life. I just was just staring at beauty and just, and just overcome with gratefulness about what God has done. And that's the power of, that's the power of a test. That's the power of testimony. You know, the enemy is the one that attacks and says that you don't have or that you're going to fail or that it's going to fall through or that you're never going to make it. It's the enemy going to war with you. And then we just get to go, yeah, but I remember that time when Jesus did do that. I remember when the Lord did exactly what you said he won't do. And you start swinging the testimony sword. And just telling him, <clears throat> and what I declare over you is a life surrendered enough to have testimonies. You know, trying to have the safest, most comfortable, pain-free life doesn't give Jesus much room to work in the nastiness. And plus it's a lie. There's nothing safe or comfortable about life anyways. And so I would just encourage you to look at yourself. Just look at yourself and see something worth setting free. Look at yourself and see something that might need to be set free. And I can tell you right now that if you look at yourself and you don't see anything that needs to be set free, then you definitely need to be delivered by at least deception. Because if you think that you're good to go, like you're just deceived, 
you're deceived. Um, and then with this song that we've been listening to, it's been in the background, the spirit that's just in this room right here is jacking me up. But the truth is, is that <clears throat> when you're armed with your testimony about Jesus and you're walking around with him inside you, I mean, you just are, you're walking around with the only weapon that can defeat the enemy and the guy who that weapon is about at the same time. It's just amazing. So that's the power of our testimony. Um, <clears throat> there's really, I mean, there's there's a ton more that we could say. Actually, I want to read this one more verse. The Lord just reminded me. This is uh, Psalm 77. <clears throat> it says, And I said, This is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. And we think like that sometimes. I think like that sometimes. Life gets overwhelming. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how things are going to work. Unexpected suffering takes place. Cars break down, refrigerators break, and the washer and dryer at the same time. And you're just overwhelmed. You didn't have a plan. You got your you're living on credit cards, paycheck to paycheck, and everything's falling apart. And your kids are acting up, and you just are crying out, God. And you're just saying, God's turned His hand against me. He's just turned his back. What the heck is going on? And this is what I'm assuming David says. He says, the most high has turned his hand against me. And he says, but then this is seven. This is Psalm 77 verse 11 it says, but then I recall all you have done. Oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They're constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty words. And when you're overcome with fear and anxiety and stress and just overwhelmed in life like this man, what sets us free is remembering all that God has done. Our testimony, the testimonies about Jesus. It's the only thing we have to face the future. It's the only thing, it's the only weapon we have against fear and unknownness is this is the God. I can tell you who the God is that's walking us through it because I remember all he's done. And so it's the only thing, your testimony about Jesus is the only thing that, that Satan can't counterfeit. It's the only thing he can't fake. You know, my dad, 16 years ago, he had a couple of strokes that killed him. He was in the hospital. The doctor called the waiting room where we were at and said, hey, guys, come up. He's not going to live. <clears throat> He's on a ventilator right now. There's a couple of people in the hospital that need his organs. So come up and say goodnight um, or goodbye. Say your final goodbyes because we're going to unplug the machine after midnight. And he's just going to pass away in his sleep. And that was like the worst news I had ever received. Actually, to this day, I would say probably it was the worst news that I have ever received that my dad was dead. And, you know, I just remember going out outside this hospital and I, I remember seeing my my aunts and my mom and my dad's best friends and all these people had come to see him and the only thing I can relate it to and I've never seen a war zone but this was a war zone I mean it was just in every direction somebody was weeping and crying and screaming out and oh Steve and not Steve and not you know it was just so sad it was so sad <laughs> and I remember me and my brother we held her we, we were holding my mom and we we're just like mom it's gonna be okay we're going to take care of you now and we didn't even know how 
insufficient our care and love was at that time. We were so immature. We had no idea what we were saying and we would have never been able to fill his shoes. And so we went inside to the said, asked me to bring him back. And I have, you know, I wasn't drug free by any means at that point. So I was embarrassed to pray in front of people. I was, I was, I cared too much about saving my life instead of, I didn't care. Let's see. It says they did not love their life so much. They were afraid to die. I was, I was afraid. I liked my life too much. My pride and my ego. I was afraid to pray. And he just, that's what he, the Lord said. Okay. Well, if your pride is more important than your dad's life, then don't pray. But if his pride, if his life is more important than your pride, then start praying. So I started whisper praying because I was doing what he said. It just was like the smallest form of impossible. Long story short, when we said in Jesus name, he woke up, he was dead. He'd been brain dead for almost 12 hours. And we told the nurse, he, the nurse, he was dead. She walked around the curtain in his room and he waved at her. We told her, we said, Hey, he's awake. She goes, no, it's just muscle spasms. He's dead. And we are like, no, he's definitely awake. So she walked around the curtain and when he, she saw him, he went like this. And I don't, it was like a, an explosion of weeping. I've never even seen someone go from not, not crying to weeping that fast and that hard. And she just ran out of the room. She was gone. The next day the doctor came in, <clears throat> he was checking down this, you know, how much strength do you have in your right foot, your left foot, your left hand, your right hand and your arms. And, you know, he was checking all this because he had these, these strokes. And so he said, okay, Steve, what I want you to do is I've checked everything, but just with your left hand, just squeeze my hand. If you could squeeze it, you know, just, just show me what kind of strength you have left in your left hand and my dad literally picked him up into the bed the next morning pulled him straight into the bed with him uh dad was going for the world bench press record for 50 years and older before that so he was pretty he was a monster um then the doctors did a couple brain scans on him came back and showed us the results of the brain scans and on one was the day before and he said hey you know there's this speck right here that's the 100 blockage in his brain that's what killed him here's the scan from this morning do you notice what's missing? And we we're like, well, that specs missing. And he said, yes, there's no, he said, there's no medical scientific. And he's even said mathematical explanation as to why these scans today's scan looks like it does. He said, the only thing I can say is something more powerful than science and medicine is that word. And we knew it was God. And so I got to see my dad be physically resurrected like Lazarus. And you know what? Satan can't steal that from me and he can't make it fake. He can't make it a lie. So I'm already, I'm armed with resurrection power. And then I have the resurrection power in me, which is the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to understand is that so do you. And so next week, what we're going to talk about is shame. Because in this army that we're raising up, we got to understand the tactics of our enemy. And we got to understand our weapons against them. Today, we're talking about the weapon against the enemy, which is our, our testimony. And then next week, we're going to talk about how the enemy attacks our weapons.
And because Satan cannot counterfeit your testimony, he just makes you so ashamed of it that you never tell anybody. So thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening. Share the share the, the video. Use it. Whatever. Pretend like it's yours. Pretend like you made it up and just teach the whole world. I don't even care. I don't want a single look of credit. I don't care if anybody ever knows my name. Um, if you want to follow Mission Identity, we're on Facebook at Mission Identity. We're on Instagram at Mission Identity. I'm pretty sure we're on Twitter, even though we don't do anything on that yet. Um, we have a podcast on, on Apple, and we have podcasts on Spotify, which is also called Mission Identity Podcast. And like us, share us, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. My goal is to get to 50. I don't even care if we get more than 50. I just want to be able to do lives. So if y'all can help me out with that, that'd be cool. But anyways, um, go check out the song. Jesus Christ is seen by Ibuka songs, E-B-U-K-A songs. So good. In Jesus name. <laughs>